Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hey, what's up, guys? Episode three of the NBA show, and we have a really cool announcement to make. Cat is now joining the NBA panelists and the show. Kat, welcome to the NBA Mojo Show. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. It's nice for Shelly and I to have someone else to bounce off now rather than just the two of us. I'm sure the listeners will appreciate <laughs> it, which is good. But I got to start off with the listener question, and I've been scrolling through Instagram all week with this one, and this one kind of popped up, and it was asked by a few people. But what is the best NBA championship finals series for you guys Shelly I'm going to start with you what's your favorite oh what is my favorite well as a diehard Golden State Warriors fan I will have to say the 2015 series when we won it 4-2 we won it against arguably the best player uh, going around right then LeBron James who, with all this hype, had just moved to the Cavs, you know. There was so much going on in that year. We we had our first-year coach, Steve Kerr. We um, um, we we won Series 4-2. We won, sorry, won the first 24 games of that season. We had a great start. We had a great run. And that, for me, started our, as haters want to say, our... Golden State Dynasty, our hashtag ruin the game, our, you know, whatever it is. But for me, that series was amazing. Andre Iguodala coming off the bench, starting from game four, it was, taking Bogut, big guy, big Aussie guy, taking him off, sitting him down, going small, putting Iguodala on. That was a game changer. First two games, both going into overtime, 1-1. Next two games, 2-2. Two, two. We, we go to Cleveland. We're down 3-2. Iguodala coming on, going that small ball, completely changed our game, and it showed by him getting the MVP of the series. That defense that he played on arguably the greatest player of the world, in the world, for me, that's got to be the greatest series I've ever seen. Yeah, so no, no biased opinion on that one whatsoever, I'm sure. Absolutely not. not. Absolutely no not. No, 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 no. Kat, we were talking off air about how you had multiple NBA championships. You so I throw this question to you. See if we can narrow it down. Do you have one or is it still the same three? Oh, yeah. I feel like it's still the same three in my head. But I guess now that I'm thinking about it more, I'm going to narrow it down to the 2016, just for the, the point of, you know, how they did, how Cavs did come back with that. If we're going to look at something that's like miraculous, a big moment in time, history, everything that happened with that. But like I was saying before, from like the emotional point of view, the more, like as I was listening to Shelley speak, I was thinking about it more. Yeah, I know that there's an asterisk with this one, but you know how it all went down. But with Kobe's passing, the Lakers winning that year, it had, I just think that it meant a lot to a lot of people and it meant a lot to me as well. So even though, you know, just that whole year in general, like the bubble, the circumstances, everything that went on I'm gonna to have to call that as well because it definitely will stick out I think like it's just gonna be one to remember with how it all happened in general yeah that's uh, that like 
Yeah, that Lakers one after Kobe's passing, I think, was a great one for the Lakers and just just general for the NBA and basketball. Yeah. Um, I think for me, Shelly's going to not like me for this one, but I got to go with the Toronto Raptors in 2019 to kind of end that dynasty for Golden State and go, yeah, all right, we're going to take this out. 4-2, right? Raptors win. And they still remember that shot from Kawhi where he's just sitting down there and he crouches down to get into the champ. I think it was the championship game where to get into the championship and he's just looking at it and it falls straight through. But what was great about that, that tournament is that you didn't really know who's going to win that one, right? They went away. Raptors won the first one. Golden State won the second one. Then Raptors came out and blew you guys out for two games straight. Then Golden State looked like they were going to make a comeback. But nah, game six, Raptors were able to steal it. So for me, Mine is the 2019 Toronto ones for sure, just to upset Shelly right now. That's all right. They just couldn't keep Kawhi, but moving on. Yeah, yeah, all right. We're moving on swiftly as we end in the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And the Chicago Bulls have won their first ever NBA championship. As Kobe Bryant at the buzzer in overtime. Gets the win for Los Angeles. There it is. Redemption for Golden State. It's over. The Bucks have done it. Celebration has begun in Boston. Most important thing in life is how your career moves and touches and how it carries forward to the next generation. All right, Shelly, I knew this was going to be your favorite episode out of probably all the ones we do because we get to talk all things Golden State in the huddle right now. So I'm going to start with you. Golden State has done well in the last couple of years. They've been consistent, right? But I think that's due to one key little player, right? Yeah, that 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 that's that small man that just broke that that greatest record. What's that? What's that guy's name? Oh, that Mr. Wardell, Stephen Curry. I do believe so. Now it hurts for me to talk about this at the moment because unfortunately, he's injured himself again. So. As we always do as Golden State Warriors, we go through these leaps and bounds and we're going through that right now with a lot of injury. Unfortunately, a lot of injury. We've got, okay, as we know, we've got Clay that came back. He was on reduced minutes. He's found his rhythm again. He played 40 minutes in the last game against Atlanta. He's, he's back. He's doing well. I've got my, ne- my next splash brother. All right, he's out with a foot injury at the moment. Um, you know, Steph, Steph, we thought he, he, he was on par to be leading. Uh, to, he was leading scorer. Now he's dropped down to six. He's on 25.5 points, 5.2 and 6.3. But Steph, Steph, who knows when he's going to come back? Because as you said, Golden State over the last few years have managed to get that run, get that confidence. And especially going into playoffs, we need that experience with Steph. We've, we've just announced our other big man, James Wiseman, gone. He ain't coming back. Even me as a Golden State Warrior fan has been sitting on the edge of my seat just going, are we getting him back? Are we getting him back? We don't have a big man that can protect the paint. We, we, we show it. Looney, I'm, you know, unfortunately, Looney is prone to fouls. He is. He's been sitting on the bench the last few games. He hasn't been starting. We're starting, you know, we're young blood in Kaminja or, or Moody. We're putting guys on like that. So I think with Golden State, there's, we always tend to have a lot of negatives. You know, Draymond was out for a while. That, you know, we lost our defense. He's, he's, he's a powerhouse. We were talking about him before. He, he's my offense, defense. 
Um, but we do have a lot of bench players that are stepping up. You know, I've been so, 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 so proud of the, of the kids like Jordan Poole. He, he's playing amazing. Some of the shots he's hitting, you think he's the third splash brother at the moment. Kaminja, he's, he's going in. He's playing great defense. He's almost looking like an Andre Iguodala. He, he really, really is. Um, you've got Gary, Gary Payton, legend, junior. He's playing defense like his old man. So in those negatives, we do have the positives that we do have a bench that we can go down in. It is deep, but what Steve Kerr has got to try and figure out is how to put those rotations on. That's going to be our biggest challenge, I think, leading into the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I think, Kat, my question to you is, is it a health thing for Golden State or are they really struggling since their big three since Kevin Durant left, right? Do they need to go out and look for somebody big to help them out or do you think that they can kind of, you know, make the playoffs and win another championship if everybody gets healthy? I think, actually, I think they can do it. I think the fact that their big three are out and the team now has an opportunity to form a different way and gel together, that's actually going to be a problem, like, in a good way when the other three come back. Because, you know, like, Jordan Poole especially, he's now getting more touches because Steph's out. So he's, like, it's his time to shine. And I think, like, there's two options where this happens. Like, you can give up because you don't have your big three players or you can find another way. Everybody's stepping up. So... I think that giving these guys gel and then bringing those back, it's going to just be how balance that out. But I actually think they can do it. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, and I saw this thing on ESPN where they were like, Draymond really needs Steph Curry. And I really think that he does need Steph Curry when he's out there. I'm glad to see Clay Thompson back. But I was looking at Draymond's stats. He's averaging like 7.8 points a game. 7.8. The boy's not even in double digits. Like, they need somebody outside of Curry and Clay and Poole to be actually making some impact. I just don't think they have that defensive prowess like they used to. No, we definitely don't. You know, we've got another all-star starter of Andrew Wiggins, but he, as you said, he's not that, he's not that other big three that can join Steph or join Clay. So, we've got just Got it for me. Got to cross my fingers and see where we go. So I think there's a chance. <laughs> them, there's definitely a chance for them to make the playoffs, right? I mean, they're currently sitting 13th in the NBA rankings. They definitely need to get health on their side. I think we've talked about this a couple times, but I think we've got to talk about kind of like Steve Kerr and his mentality, right? This is a coach that played under Phil Jackson, under Greg Popovich, has multiple championships as a player, multiple championships as a coach. Do you think that having a coach like Steve Kerr is a major, and I put this question to either one of you, whoever wants to answer first, but do you think that Steve Kerr is a big impact on that mentality for Golden State and potentially getting to the playoffs? I just think with his experience, yes. As you said, his player experience. He's been through all of this. He's been on championship teams. He's been on teams where... Where, where MJ, MJ left, Rodman left, you know, you've had these pigs and chops, you've had these ups and downs. I think Kerr has this experience and he's, we've been, he's been through this also. He's, he's been in the finals, NBA finals, and lost his star player and had to try and figure it out. And as you just said before, took Toronto deep in those playoffs and actually looks like they could swing it back. 
So for me, I think he's got him, he's got the experience, and I think he's definitely got a deep bench that he might be able to do this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with you on that one. I think experience definitely helps from that coaching standpoint. But right now, as we talk about the Golden State, they're sitting 48 and 26, right? They started off very, very strong. They hit a bit of a slump. I think, Kat, my question to you is, what does Golden State need to keep doing to be able to finish strong in the playoffs and potentially make it to the finals? I haven't thought about, I'm actually thinking about that. I feel like they, you can't rely, you cannot always rely on your players being able to come back. So what they need to keep doing is keep working with what's happening now and, and making that better because you just don't know these healthy, like they might like get healthy. So you can never rely on that. You hope for it. Um, but I think, you know, focusing like Jordan Poole, focusing on that as well, giving these this bench a run, that could be the only option. Because if these guys don't come back, then that's what you're going to play with. So that's going to be it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, moving on from like NBA, right? They're definitely going to make the finals. We know that for sure. Like I would be shocked if they didn't make the finals. I don't know if they'll get the NBA championship, but if we're looking kind of forward to kind of like next year for Golden State, Shelly, my question to you as a Golden State fan, I know you want to see them get healthy, but if they don't make the NBA finals this year, what do you want to see them do in the off season to be able to improve the team? Well, as I said before, I'm so happy with our bench players at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic with what they're giving us. For me, a big, big thing is we need James Wiseman to get healthy in the offseason, do whatever you need to do. You know, um, if we get that big man back, and he already showed it when he played, oh, God, I don't have it right here, but he's probably only played about 24 games in 100 or something. He, he can play, and he's a big man that can fit the Warriors really well. Because we are small, we are quick, but we do need that player that can protect the rim. But moving forward, we've got a lot of rookies. We've, you know, we've got, okay, Iggy's out. We've got a lot of old guys, but Cummins, okay, Looney, Chiosa, Gary Payton, he's getting, you know, where he is. Toscano, Otto Porter, he's getting a bit older. But we've got a lot of kids. Damian Lee's still young. He's, he's a great shooter. You know, he just doesn't get minutes, as many minutes, because we've got Clay, Clay Thompson and... Steph Curry. Um, so for me, as you said before, do we look about do we look at trading Andrew Wiggins and getting something else? For me, that's 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 a very good look at the moment. Let's see what else we can get. Wiggins, look, he's 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 doing okay, but when we don't have Steph or Clay out there, Wiggins isn't carrying us. He was an all-star starter, averaging 17 points, points a game. That's really that's a little bit unheard of. That doesn't really happen that often. But he earned his spot. So for me, I'm happy with the trade of Andrew Wiggins and looking for something else that can definitely win out two stars, so to speak, go down with injuries. We've got someone that can carry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely that trade would be a good one. And Kat, rounding off the huddle with the final question, do you think that Golden State would be better off looking at free agency or do you think they'd be better off looking in the draft considering they've got so many youngsters and a few of those older players are just seeing a lot of injuries right now? I, do you know what? I actually think the draft would be a way to go. 
I think like seeing what's been coming through in the last couple of years, like some of these kids that even the ones that have been coming out to Australia to go back, like the way that they're playing and what they're showing, I think that the drafts are getting better and like the game is changing in general. So that probably would be a better way to go. I would say like, why not groom someone? Why not take someone in and groom them the way that you want them to be instead of trying to pick something and change it and place it back, if that makes sense. Like that's, I've never coached, but that's kind of the way that I would be going. So I could make them play the way I want them to play with the team that I'm forming. Yeah, I definitely got to go with you on that one. I think the draft is the way to go. I think that I think what's great about Golden State is they they utilize their G League in the right way, right? They utilize it in a way where they can actually pull into their actual squad and get players that they know are going to be beneficial in their G League and also in the NBA. And we saw Clay go through that as he was getting back in there. And I think that was a huge testament to why he's able to come back as strong as he has been. Um, but yeah, for me, I think they should stick to the draft. Get those younger players in, get them more developed, get them some more minutes, and then hopefully find another Steph Curry in there. Cause I'm sure they will eventually. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's another Steph Curry in there somewhere. And then he can have a buddy to bounce off, which I'm sure he'd really enjoy. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all we got time for as far as you know, Golden State. But now we're gonna move into my favorite part of the episode, which is the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. I mean, when we talk about Golden State, we talk about Steph Curry. And what is Steph Curry known for? His three-pointers, right? So when looking at the match for this episode, I thought we had to match up the next two best three-pointers in the NBA who Curry was able to surpass, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen. Now, I'm going to start with Reggie Miller. Fourth on the list. Guy, when you talk about someone you wish had won a championship, this is this is definitely <laughs> a guy for sure. Really wanted to, you know, he, was, he played from 87 to 05. He had 2,563 pointers. He had 18 years in Indiana Paces. I mean, was it just a kind of a, I would say Reggie Miller was kind of top of his game, but that was a very different era of basketball, right, Kat? Oh, yeah. Um, like, when you asked this question, like, I probably would more pick if I had to pick one, I was going to, I'd go Ray Allen, but yeah, they're in like, it's the, the era of basketball does make a big difference as well. Um, and I probably think that's why I look more towards Ray Allen in certain things. I mean, we all remember Ray Allen's kind of like clutch three pointer in the corner that he made when I think he was what playing, was he playing for Miami at the time? And he was just able to zing it in for that, for that buzzer beater. I mean, does that, come into play when you're looking at a solid three-pointer shell you want those players that are going to make that clutch final buzzer beater to get you to that NBA championship final and you just said it perfectly that was the most clutch three-pointer in history and what it meant the Heat were playing Spurs there was five point oh 5.3 seconds left you know a shot went up, I forgot who shot it, shot went up. I remember it. And I know we've spoken about this, that I haven't been watching basketball for longer than, say, 12, 13, 14 years. The shot went up. I remember Chris Bosch went up for the rebound and there's yeah. just guys everywhere. And you just see Ray Allen. He's not even out in the wing yet. And he's got there and Bosch is just don't even know how he got it to him and just got it, got it to him. And just the experience, the calmness, the form, 
the the even even had time to check to look down and see where he was because that three point shot got them into overtime, sent them into overtime, which was one of the greatest comebacks in history. I think everyone knows and remembers that shot. They, they definitely do. And we're, when we move into Ray Allen, right? We're talking second on the list, right? It must be it must be gut wrenching for him to have like Steph Curry now passing him, but we all know probably no one's probably going to pass Steph Curry. But he had 2,973 three-pointers, drafted in 96, two championships. But he played on like four or five different teams. But whenever you think about Ray Allen, you just think about him being just like a clutch three-point shooter every single time. Whereas I think when we look at kind of Reggie Miller, and again, we talk about the time of basketball, right? I think Reggie Miller had to do a lot more as well as shoot the three-ball, which is why I think he's probably a little bit underrated as a three-point shooter. But I think kind of Ray Allen was like that, three-point shooter that you could count on come championship time because we know Boston used to deal in the ball all the time Miami dealt in the ball all the time when he was on the Sonics and that's a throwback of a team they were definitely dealing him the ball all the time um but if you had to pick the best three-pointer out of those two cat I think you already gave your hand away earlier with your answer but if you had to pick between Reggie Miller and Ray Allen because we can't sit on the fence at Mojo who would you pick I'm going Ray Allen yeah, I know some people will pick Reggie though for loyalty to a club. I will point. I just wanted to point that out because I know that that is for some people. Like, but if you look at work ethic, mentality, and just form, form, technicality, all of that, I'm going Ray Allen definitely. Shelly, I put the question to you now. What Cat said? <laughs> what Cat said? Ray Allen all day. I, as I keep saying it, my era. And that's what I know. So for me, absolutely, Ray Allen and just his just his form. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, for me, I got to go against both of you and go Reggie Miller. I just have to. I just have to. I think that old school kind of three-point shooter is a little bit underrated. He had to do a lot more to get the ball out to three-point line. So for me, I've got to go Reggie Miller. But, you know, Ray Allen wins out clearly for that two-for-one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now we're moving around the start. We're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. So quickly around the grounds, I thought this was an interesting question to throw out there just because we've seen a lot of players come through and Steve Kerr and Jason Kidd and who's the Nets coach right now? Oh my gosh, play for the Suns, play for the Suns, played for LA. Oh my God. Um oh my God. Steve, something no, not Steve. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. It is Steve Nash. There you go. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like, hey, oh, Steve Nash. We're talking about Steve Kerr so much that we don't know like anyone else right now. <laughs> um, so my question to you guys is, and Michelle, you can answer this one first. Any of the players that are recently retired or you think are gonna retire next year that you could see potentially coaching in the NBA? All right. I went with a Mr. Dirk Nowitzki. Yes, I did. Yeah. He's recently retired. Um, his credentials are way too long to just to even go. You know, for our viewers, Dirk Nowitzki, German. Um, he played for Dallas Mavs his whole his whole career. Um, he was drafted ninth overall in '98. He's actually a special advisor for the Mavs. 
Um, his career, he finished on 20.7, 7.5, 2.4. He's actually known as one of the greatest power forwards of, of, of all time. He's known as one as the greatest European player of all time. Also one of the players in the 75th anniversary team. Can't get any better than that. Um, 2011 champ, finals MVP, 2007 MVP, 14 All-Stars, even a three-point champ in 2006, right? Big man can shoot. Um, he's got that many credentials in in Europe, in Germany, in the Bundesliga. I, I think Dirk, for me, is just an all-around good guy too. He, he has that calmness of him. He has that aggressiveness of him, but he also has that calmness. You've, you've seen him as a leader for the for the Dallas Mavs for how many years? I I I would just as much as he has the credentials for it, I would just love to see him coaching. Yeah, definitely, he's a good pick. I think for me, it'd be Pau Gasol, just because I think again he's got that experience. He's been with the Lakers for a while. He's been around the NBA for a while. He's played internationally, so he knows what international players are looking for. He knows what it is locally. So for me, it'll be Pau Gasol. Kat, I'll let you finish it off rapid fire since it is your first episode. You get to round out the show. Who would be your pick for co- player that you'd like to see coach? Well, I think we've all, we've all gone with the European theme here because I was actually thinking about Tony Parker for <laughs> similar reasons to the both of you. Um, you know, just like what he's achieved, what he's doing as well, like what he's even doing with like the league that he owns um, as well. So I feel like, it would he would be someone it would be good to see him bring like all those things over to NBA as well. Like I think he would actually be a really good coach. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Well, Kat, that's your first NBA episode done and dusted. Shelly, thanks for joining me. And as always, guys, always a pleasure talking all things basketball. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.